Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we explore the world of hospitality by chatting with its most colorful characters. That is well said, Tim. Thank you, Danny. So, Tim, you know, we've never really reflected on our Jean Bonchet Award experience. You and I together have yeah. not. Yeah, there was yeah. no debriefing. No debriefing. <laughs> Quite an honor. Quite yeah, an honor. It was. It was very cool to be able to present a category there. That's right. It felt and like we a... had arrived. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We were all of a sudden part of the uh, the culinary elite. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a, an, e- an event for the culinary elite. It was. It was very cool. Um, it's funny. Before the awards started, uh, I ran into Abe and uh, Raul from Meadowlark and Cherry Circle Room, respectively, and we were all nominated for the best bar category. That's right. You were a presenter and a nominee. That's right. I was doing double duty. Um, yeah. And someone had the idea of taking a picture of the three of us. Now we were obviously missing the fourth nominee, which was best intentions. So we didn't have one of the Marty brothers nearby, I guess. So there's a picture that was taken of the three of us. And then fast forward, we all three lost in that category. So it was a picture of the three losers for best bar. So is a cursed camera you're saying? I think so. I think the camera cursed us. It sounds like a lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) You're going after Canon. No, it was just hilarious that we were like, let's get a picture of all three of us. Well, that's what you get for excluding best intentions. I know, right? We paid the price. Meanwhile, best intentions is taking selfies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The winner selfie. (laughs) Uh, That was a really fun event. Um, I hadn't done public speaking in a long time. It was scripted. We had a script. I was Um, very nervous. Michael Muser wrote and emceed the event. Uh, he did a very good job. He I got some job, good yeah. laughs, um, good good topical humor for the local hospitality industry. Were you nervous leading up to it? Um, no, I did wasn't. You think you were gonna have a wardrobe malfunction? I was. I was nervous. I wouldn't have a wardrobe. <laughs> Actually, no. We should talk wardrobe for a minute. Danny and I wore uh, we wore tuxes without ties. Yep. Because that was well, Tim's idea. Well, the the attire was. Uh, it had a very funny phrasing. It was like cocktail hour casual or something like that. It was something where I was like, I don't even, I don't know what that means. Exactly. Um, You couldn't decipher it. Yeah. But when you're with the Chicago's culinary elite, you want to look your best, especially as a a uniform maker. So So when I, the day we got. Tim shows up in like tattered rags. (laughs) Yeah. Muslin bag. Um, A tank top with holes in it. The Lucille ball, uh, whatever that is. Uh, But anyway, um. Yeah, so when we got the invitation, I immediately uh, I went to our tailor. I'm like, I got to get measured for a tux, and I forced through a very <laughs> yeah. fast. Yeah. I would we I would have gotten you measured, but you're out of town. We should have done the Kasama tuxes, just ran it back. <laughs> we should have same specs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just asked to borrow Tim and Genie's. <laughs> um, but we went without the tie because I thought the tie would be a little too formal. Yeah, for that I think it was a good choice. Um, yeah. But yeah, leading up to it, I was very nervous. I Were you? Feel like I. I mean, I I didn't give enough pause after reading the nominees' names. <laughs> I was doing all sorts of wacky stuff out there. No, I thought I thought it went pretty smoothly. I think you were pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to be up there, and especially like an event like that. We've had so many people on the podcast that I like consider friends. It's it, the after party was fun. You just walk around, and it's like catching up with people you know. Also, the food was really good. Yeah, it was a nice spread. Yeah. DeAndre Some, Carter, yeah. Chef Jupe, yeah, they Avec were, was there. Those are two of the best things I had, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. Well, so Danny, I saw something on social media recently that I thought could be a good gratuity round question. What I'm going to ask see? you. Yeah. Um, it said, like, what would be your... So, like, 
what would be your communion bread and wine? <laughs> and, the, and the question is basically like, I know you're a Jewish man. Yeah. Hey, I, uh, you know, I've taken communion accidentally. <laughs> tell me, tell me about it. <laughs> well, accidentally. It was a somber gathering. Um, I happened funeral? to be at a funeral. Okay. Yep. And I basically like the whole row filed into the center and formed a line to take communion. And I was in the middle of the row and there was really no way to get out. It's without, like being like, swept making a, away yeah, by the current. It was. I was swept away by the current of communion takers. <laughs> communion current took you away. <laughs> I could not get out. <laughs> if I had tried to get out, it would have made a scene. Everyone was so tightly packed that yeah. I just like fell in line to communion. Was like, what the heck just happened? So you had the wafer and the wine? I did. Yeah, it was wild. I think yeah. I just had the wafer. And it's not even wine. It's grape juice. Yeah, I think it was just the wafer for some reason. Yeah, so I was raised uh, Presbyterian. Like, my my great-grandpa was a Presbyterian minister, so we went to, like, Sunday school and stuff when I was a kid. And um, I don't really remember doing a whole lot of communion stuff. I did go to a Catholic school for a year, and I got that. But, like, my wife, Shannon, is, like, super Catholic. She's Southside Irish. Yeah, and, she always um, has, like, a pack of wafers on her. <laughs> she's got the wafers, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like all of her family events is basically like a communion. She had a, a cousin who passed away tragically in a car accident. So like we do an annual, uh, like, uh, like a get together. Yeah. It's like a mass, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, you have the option to get up and go get the wafer yeah, and it's the, better to give the option. Right. Yeah. Well, you had the option. You didn't away. know. I think, I think how could I, were, <laughs> I mean, I had to climb no, over I don't bodies. blame you for not knowing, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm your Gentile friend who will enlighten you <laughs> yeah. that it is optional. You don't have to go. I up. guess when I got to the front, I could have been like, not for me. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> or just spit it out. <laughs> oh God. This thing needs salt. Like, yeah. There's no flavor. <laughs> they are pretty gross. They should, they should make, that's an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, the better. gourmet yeah. communion wafer. Like tamari wafers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great oh, idea. Nice. Just put a drop of tamari on there. Mm. Um, but he, especially during COVID times, I was not like some people do like the communal. You're yeah, like, I was just yeah, going to say the whole communion's you... drinking out of the same glass. Yeah, it's disgusting. That is wild. Yeah. Wait. So what? The Sorry, question the on question, Instagram. <laughs> the question is like, if you had so for Christ, you know, yeah. it's uh, the bread represents the body of Christ, and the wine or grape juice blood is the blood. So what would be your? What's indicative of Danny? What would be your? Uh, oh, what would be bo- the body what would be, of Danny? What would you want to represent? Yeah. Wow. I think it's, it's kind of a similar great. question to like, what's your death row meal? I think it's like what your preference would be, not necessarily what would be indicative of you. I think it'd be like mango would be the body. Ooh. And then mango juice would be the blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Are you How a big mango you? guy? Love mango. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that about How you. How about you? I love mango too. It's the best. Um, but if I was doing... God, I mean, I'd probably go like um, lobster roll slider. (laughs) (laughs) But that's like a complicated body. I'm trying to choose one ingredient things. Why are you trying to do that? Well, you can do whatever you want. And the wine. No. And my blood? Clam chowder. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like you need to be in New England. Yeah, I do. Wow. That's really where you should live. Uh, do you think this has legs for a uh, gratuity round question? I don't think it does. I think it does. It's uh, it's hard though. It's a real tough one. Well, we have to explain what we mean. <laughs> no, I think it's a way also, better. Also, I prefer to, to keep it secular. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's switch gears. We've got a great guest this week. She's charismatic. Um, She and her husband started a really cool company called Aged and Infused. That's right. Local startup. Uh, Jess Feller and her husband, John, started Asian Infused about seven and a half years ago, I guess. It started out as like a side hustle and it's gained momentum and it's now, now it's their full-time job. Um, it is a, well, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but they are opening a brick and mortar called the Happy Hour Shop here in Westtown in Chicago. That's opening in March. So keep an eye out for that. And without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Jess Feller. Jess, welcome in. Hi. Happy <laughs> now, to be here. It wasn't a long, far commute for you. Where'd you come from? 2000 West Fulton Street. Yeah. Okay. And we're 2136 yes. West Fulton Street. So yes. a block and a half. Yes. Okay. We're very close. Very close. Didn't yeah. you guys used to be at ICNC? We had our factory in the ICNC. <sighs> we had our shirt factory. We were only there. We, we had it for a year okay. and we were hemorrhaging money. Sure. What does ICNC stand <laughs> for? Hemorrhaging in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> ICNC is the Industrial Council of Near West Chicago, oh. also known as Make City. Okay. And it's one of the oldest incubators in the country, actually. Um, so it houses over 100 small businesses here in Chicago. Hmm. Is that where Rompim came from? No. <laughs> those were those were Kellogg students. Do you remember Rompim? I don't know. Oh, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> it was a romper for men oh, that sure. went viral. Oh, no, I know exactly what you're talking remember? about. Remember? It I was do. like a... Uh, it was in the zeitgeist for I a know minute. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't, we're not neighbors with them. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's a really great space. So it, uh, yeah, houses a hundred or so small businesses. Um, we have our warehouse in there. It's affordable rent and it's partly funded by the city. So they're just able to help small business. Let's just give us resources. To so grow. all of your vessels are in that warehouse. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> how many boxes are we talking about? Oh my God. I mean, pallets and pallets. Yeah. And how pallets. much space wow. do you guys have? So we have a 3000 square foot. Uh, our largest production space. We have a thousand square foot um, commercial kitchen space. And then we have like a little closet that we call the panic room if we have to have like conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily panicked conversations. We have panicked in there, but uh, mostly just to have some privacy. And is this all like a low, I mean, that's a bad question. How, what's the spread between like local shipping and like well know. let's get into the business yeah. first let's uh <laughs> we're really good okay yeah your company's called aged and infused aged and infused let's yes. let's hear the uh a brief overview of what exactly you guys do so we make my husband john and i we started aged and infused a little over seven years now and we make a line of all natural alcohol infusion kits for the home bar so we give you dehydrated fruits and spices add your favorite spirit let it sit for about three days or so and then we have a little custom filtering pour spout so you can filter it on the rocks or mixed into cocktails but we're just all about demystifying the cocktail making process and all things home bar cocktails at home um so we are basically just a little manufacturing facility here in chicago yeah <laughs> nice leveling the playing field bringing yes, exactly high quality things home exactly yes. are people do people modify these kits at all or they take the kit as is and infuse their spirit into it take the kit as is yeah so it's no sugar added um we pre-measure all the dehydrated fruits and spices so that you literally just add your favorite spirit and call it a day. And we have ones that are pointed towards all different sorts of spirits. We have cocktail recommendations. We have, I mean, everything that you would need, even if you're just kind of entering the cocktail game and don't know all that much, like that's our favorite kind of customer. Cool. I like that because I had, um, you know, Martin Kastner's uh, portal. I do. Yes. That thing is insane. Yeah. (laughs) I got one of those, um, I think for an engagement gift. So that goes back six years, maybe seven years. And um, 
I'm like, oh, great. And then I, I, I like signed up for the newsletter. And I got the emails and uh, the recipes. And it's like aviary because mm-hmm. they ma- developed it for a, um, a linea group. Mm-hmm. And the cocktails were, it's like um, freeze dried gooseberries, uh, 113 <laughs> grams. Yes. And I just, I, it, I, it, it tapered much. off. Yeah, yeah. They're beautiful. The, it, I would it's say we're a the stunning device. Yeah. Um, but, I, it, you know, it needs, it's missing that plug and play exactly. factor for lazy folks for like me. Lazy people like us. <laughs> and we do a little refill packs too. So if people really like a flavor, we want people to keep that piece on their bar cart for years to come. So you can just order more of the ingredients or you can use your own fresh ingredients. Too. Yeah. It has a nice pour on yeah. it. Yeah. Pour and how did this idea come to be? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so I, John and I have been together. Actually, our 10-year anniversary is next week. So we've been together. Wow. Oh, wedding week. anniversary? No. Date, I was going to say. Date anniversary. Yeah, there's no way I've not been married be that old. Yeah. <laughs> they say if you can make it to 10, you can make it to 11. They sure do. <laughs> they do. Uh, but we have been together for a few years, and I had just run out of gift ideas. And John and I really liked drinking cocktails, but I had gifted him, like, just lots of bottles of things and wanted something more unique. So I went on to Pinterest, did some pinteresting and found out about booze infusion and it was just a cool concept that i hadn't done before so i went and got some mason jars fresh fruit put a little like bow and a note on it gave it to john like this is really good so it kind of became my go-to gift for people for a few years and then john and i were just talking one day and we were like we should really do something with this because it's cool everyone loves it when we give it to them but people just don't know all that much about booze infusion So we created our kits, and our biggest kind of thing that we wanted to accomplish when making it um, was the filtering function, because when you're infusing, usually with the process, you have to use a coffee filter or cheesecloth or something to get all those ingredients out when you're ready to use the booze. Um, But it's so beautiful when you're infusing that we wanted people to be able to leave it on their bar cart like that. Mm -hmm. So John's like, I can figure this out. So we got a little lid, we got a pour spout, John got like a mallet from the basement and just like beat a lid to hell put a little uh, pour spout on it. And that became our pour spout that we handmade for like three years, which was a pretty... Handmade prototype. You handmade all of them for three years? Oh my God. All right, so (laughs) do you remember what that first drink was you made for him? That first gift 10 years ago? Oh yeah, it was a Honeycrisp apple. It was simple. Honeycrisp apples, vanilla bean, and cinnamon. Oh, was that fresh or free? um, Fresh. Dehydrated? Fresh. Okay. When we were first concepting the business, we were like, we should definitely send fresh fruit to people. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, is that a good idea? Yeah, I mean, you could. There are definitely some problems. Just, that could yeah, arise. a problem or two. <laughs> yeah. We were looking up like the cold packing. Yeah, it's a logistical nightmare. It sure is. And so. when did this? So these gifts you started giving years ago. At this point, when did the company? When was the company founded in earnest? Twenty sixteen. Okay. And so it was actually while in my past life I worked at a PR agency called Olson, and I was there for several years, and they launched. We were kind of guinea pigs in a little incubator program that they launched. So they put a call out to the staff and they're like, hey, if you want, if you we're working on, e- on anything on the side and are curious and exploring it more, we'll give you some resources. We'll give you some s- staff members to help bring it to life. Whoa, so John that's, and I, that's awesome. wild. It was, it was really I would cool. be afraid that they were like, okay, if anyone has a side project, I'll raise your hand. Get okay, everyone with your hand raised, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're fired. You're fucking fired. Yeah, you fell right into this trap. <laughs> No, they were awesome. And so do they, they were so retain supportive. a portion of the company? They do not. Wow. So they yeah. were just like, for free, yes. here, we're going to give you these resources just out of the goodness of our own it was, hearts. It was awesome. What do you think their motivation was? I think just making sure that they're, I think it's like employee morale, 
making sure that they're supporting people's passions outside of the walls because the marketing and advertising and PR world can just be a real grind. Yeah, so. <laughs> I do want to talk about that world because seven years ago, we were probably working together, we were, right? Yeah. We, um, we've, we've talked about it on the pod before, but we did a big collaboration with uh, Miller High Life mm-hmm. for their heritage bottles that they put out every fall. It tells kind of the story of the brand. I think it started in 1906, oh, 1903. Don't, don't test me on that. 1900-something. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and every year they do kind of a special uh, project. And we did, Stock did a uh, menswear collection based on the old Errol Morris ads, like the film mm-hmm. and print ones, which High Life, I don't think it gets better for advertising no. for beer. That's just a very rich brand for stuff like that. And um, so from your perspective... I mean, I know what that project looked like for us. Like, we threw a big party. Mm-hmm. We, we had a big launch party in New York. Um, we had Blind Barber was there sure doing did. haircuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Momofuku mm-hmm. was doing the food. So from, I guess, you you were on that whole activation. I was. I was like a young child. I was uh, <laughs> on the bottom end of that team. But, no, it was awesome. It was, to this day, my favorite project that I ever worked on at Olson. I mean, highlight me the best. Come on. Highlight's the best friend. <laughs> yeah. And just meeting you guys. It was so beautiful. I look up to your guys' company so much. And just seeing that process and you guys taking this brand and just making something so localized and beautiful. Yeah, we were very it. young then, too. Yeah, we were all, all little babies. <laughs> um, but, no, it was awesome. I mean, my role in that was helping – get press coverage for the collaboration so i remember yeah like being on the phone on the other end and listening to you and jim giving interviews and oh yeah we did like a little press tour we yes. came into new york i think a day before no, the party and then we had to like, we did like a, des- a media site yeah we had like a driver that took us around new york to all these like, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. it was pretty i felt like a celebrity that was that totally, was very as cool you should. yeah that was really fun and then we just made this beautiful pop-up shop yeah um on where was it at? Like the east side? Jim Lower would side? know the precise location. I think it was Lower East Side. Yeah. And we just built it out and we threw parties. Yeah, it was just like an empty room yes. and then it was um, you know, a few hours later it was decorated perfectly. It was um I'm trying to remember the girl who decorated it. Shanae. Shanae Alexander. Yes, Shanae. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she She's did a great, great job. Yeah, we had a good time. First so time I saw fiddle leaf figs used <laughs> a lot. Appropriately, yeah. Appropriately, yeah. Well. No, that was a great project. Uh, so I, I, I would assume that um, experience and working with consumer packaged goods and things like that, that had to inform your career path to where you are now. I'd say so, yeah. The What skills were you honing? I would say, I mean, just being able to talk about a product. I think, uh, I mean, I learned a lot of my kind of base marketing skills from that job. Um, learning how to write about my product, learning how to talk about my product, learning how to market my product. Mm-hmm. What um, are the things that someone should know about marketing their product, how oh to talk gosh. about a product? What I are like the bullet points? The authenticity side. People can see right through kind of an overproduced marketing situation. Um, so I think that's why I loved working on High Life so much because you just don't the, – the product tells the story in itself. That's true. Yeah, that, that has to be one of the easier accounts to talk about because there's so much history. Totally. But I think that having a novel product also helps. Absolutely. As opposed to, I mean, I, I did love this client, but I worked on like Reynolds foil. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a different kind of product to talk about. Um, I yeah. would imagine they have the lion's share of that market, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you guys do for them? <laughs> we did all their PR, but I was basically like a booth girl for them. So we would go down to the biggest barbecue festival 
in the world, I would imagine. It's called Memphis in May. And we would go for like a week and we would just stand in a booth and hand out foil to people. Like, big barbecue <laughs> like full rolls, full packages. Yeah, dude. Just not yeah. like by the foot. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> here's one foot of foil. Bye. <laughs> a yard, yeah. Did you need two? <laughs> Did you need two feet? Do you, do you want more? Is it the best barbecue you ever ate? The best. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it oh, was amazing. Man, that's a sweet little festival. Does yeah. that still go on? I would oh, have yeah. to check yeah, that yeah, out. Memphis in May. Yeah. Memphis in May. There were like several. Where people. is it and when is it? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm I was kidding, really I'm thinking kidding. about that. I was like, Memphis, <laughs> May. <laughs> I, would take, I would take a trip to that. Yeah, that would be great. Trainers on the street. And there was more than one person who came by. It was just a really interesting crowd who like frequents this. They were like, yeah, do you think if you wrapped a person in this foil, you'd be able to like smell the dead body? Like more than one person asked us that question. And we were like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, valid Thanks question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we haven't tested that one yet. But <laughs> yeah, keep do, us we'll posted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, interesting array of products. But the boozy brands were the ones that I, I was really excited about. So I... Miller Coors was one of the big accounts that Olsen had. So High Life uh, Lining, so I did a lot of Lining Kugels um, projects, which I loved. And then later in my time working there, um, Beam Centauri became one of our, our clients. So I did a lot of Jim Beam That's right. projects that were really fun. So did you work on that whole portfolio? Uh, Beam Centauri or Miller Coors? Miller Coors. Not me personally, but our company had, yeah. had the whole portfolio. Because I remember I, they had ham, uh, was it hams they, also? They have hams, but they yeah. don't do a ton. We, I think, maybe had one small project for hams. Because I feel like that's another brand where it's yeah. Like, yeah. I remember yeah, talking to Chelsea at Miller Coors. Chelsea yes. and Kirby. Uh, they were the best. But I remember talking to them and being like, can we do a project with hams? Yes. And they're like, they have the smallest budget of any totally. brand. <laughs> and they're like, we'd love to, but I don't but think we no. could afford to do anything. I think it was like... I think at the time it was like $100,000 a year. And for comparison, I think um, their most expensive brand was... Um, Probably Miller Lite or Coors Light. It was Coors Light, and it was $12 million a month. Insane. And I'm sure it's much. <laughs> month. Can you, oh can you month. imagine? Yeah. I remember... Uh, My marketing budget is versus $144 million for another brand. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's much higher now. This oh, was seven sure. or yeah. eight years ago. Sure, That's sure, sure. insane. Insane. Yeah, but oh think of the God. stuff that they do. I mean, they've got the uh, they've got the Blue Mountains on the packaging. Yeah. They've got... Yeah, that's at least $144 like, million a year. <laughs> I know, they have, like, bus stops with, like, full Miller Coors Mountains built on top of them. <laughs> yeah, they do a lot. They yeah. they work that budget. Yeah. Okay, so you start. This starts out as a hobby. Oh, I guess what was your husband doing at the time? Mm. Or Johnny boyfriend working. at the time? Yeah, boyfriend at the time. He worked in startup finance. So he's like a finance. Okay. Boy. So that's a good skill to like have a, when not you're like a finance bro, but just like a yeah. nice finance, finance boy. boy. Yeah, finance yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd like to clarify that. Yeah, he owns no Patagonias. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. North Faces, no. none of that. Yeah, I like Patagonia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so he comes from a finance background. Mm-hmm. So you have finance and marketing. Yeah, it's, it's a nice pretty goal. good start. Mm-hmm. So how long are you guys working on the concept before? I mean, I assume you, you were looking to make it your full-time gig all along. No, actually. Oh. I mean, it was really just something that we wanted to try for fun. I don't think we really considered it being a full-time situation until probably three years in. Okay. Um, we moonlighted it pretty hard. That's so. very smart. That's advice I give to people when they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to leave my job and start this uh, side hustle. Like, like, don't. Well, yeah, don't. <laughs> Tim just gave that advice uh, a few days ago. I did on the <laughs> on the podcast yeah, and, uh, yeah, in process. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was uh, I uh, took Jim to coffee when okay. we were first getting started, and that was his advice. He's like, don't leave your day job. It's good advice like, because he the- didn't listen to that advice. <laughs> 
Jim, Jim, were like, Jim was making good money. Dude, my business partner at Stock was making good money at CareerBuilder. And he's like, later, I'm starting a tech startup. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, that like, gives me anxiety. Yeah, he, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. And I think. Uh, and he loved every minute of it. Well, fast forward like a year <laughs> and, um, you know, Mike and I are cleaning the bathrooms Mike. at the factory and uh, oh, yeah. Jim's driving Uber before work. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> I didn't uh, know Jim it's a grind. Uber. Yeah. It wow. is a grind. And we, I mean, yeah, we lived that life for a few years. So we would do our day jobs and then just everything in the evenings. And we would do a lot of market. We were like carnies for like three years. So we did <laughs> uh, just markets and festivals and just getting our product into people's yeah. hands. What were the most impactful ones or the most meaningful festival Oh, experiences? that's such a great question. Um, I would say there is a show. It's still around. It's called Show of Hands. And it's just a beautifully curated show that used to take place at what is now architectural artifacts used to be oh no no artifact events used to be architectural artifacts in Ravenswood and that we did that show for several years and like back in its heyday it was the show to do and we met so many incredible inspiring small business owners through that that we're still very very tight with Um, so that was just a really beautiful community fostering show um, that we did for several several years and then um, Renegade's always a great show for us that was a huge high foot traffic just like generated lots of awareness for us. So those are probably the, the two. Yeah, we did a ton of shows early on mm-hmm. with stock. We were doing like all the dose markets. Oh yeah, we were oh doing, yeah, throwback. Yeah, uh, we did like Northern Grade, which is like a roving, traveling menswear thing. We were always packing up the car, up the driving car. around. Yeah, I, I it was stressful at the time, but I look back on those things fondly. So and I think fondly. it is important for startups to, you just have to get out and meet people. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, uh, I always have like social anxiety sitting at the booth. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you loosen up and, loosen and it's, it's nice to, yeah. It's always fun. There's always booze at those. There's always booze at those. Those markets, yeah, we were always getting drink tickets when you get in there. And we would have, um, <laughs> we would do kind of like under the table product sampling. So we would just have shots of our infused booze lined up so we were very popular yeah i would imagine yeah the booths with booze were always we we would have booze too even at the menswear thing and just kind of like you know if you bought something you give someone a shot of whiskey or whatever we also some of the northern grades were hosted by bullet um there's one down in richmond danny nice went to richmond (laughs) college yep that was my only time going there very cool city though i I had a great time but it's sponsored by Bullet, and they were uh, pouring pretty heavy, and people were getting <laughs> lit. Isle came to that one, and uh, Isle, our, the factory owner. That's pretty fitting. <laughs> we got the one with everyone getting lit. Super goofy. That that's probably why, yeah. I mean, that's a lesson <laughs> learned, though. That was a catalyst that of fun. In the early days, like we would tear it up at our shows, and then you have to wake up the next morning and go back. Oh, man. <laughs> so yeah. we got burned a, a few times with that. Yeah, day two of a northern grid. Never fun. Always had a hangover we also our <laughs> craziest one not that this is my interview but this is kind of an interesting story. <laughs> we did do a northern grade northern grade went international and they did one in moscow in oh, russia fun. and so jim and i went they took i think six brands you went to moscow yeah it was really weird um he almost is, never came back so random. Yeah. yeah it was weird <clears throat> basically they put it or it was there's this like menswear market called bravery okay. in moscow and they really like american brands so they reached out to um Mac McMillan, who who owns Northern Grade, and was like, "Could you bring some brands over? We'll pay for flights, hotel, and we'll ship all the inventory." You're so like, we we're like, "This is legit. This yeah. is a free trip to Russia." Okay. And uh, so Jim and I went over there, and we were all jet lagged, and and we get out, and it's like February. It was like gross and cold, and. Um, they thought it was a good idea that right when we landed, they'd take us on a tour of Moscow, like a <laughs> bus tour. So we're all like 
like a luxury bus asleep. No, not a luxury bus, like a van. <laughs> and so we're like driving around to all these like landmarks in Moscow and getting like a, a brief history on it. And uh, it was just, I was so disoriented. Sure. And uh, then the market was four floors below ground. So we're in a parking garage. Jim. <laughs> so it was from 10 in the morning to 10 at night. Wow. And a 10 to no 10. Breaks. And no, no one breaks. came. No one came. And uh, we, I don't think we sold anything because their uh, currency was so goofed up at the time. Um, <laughs> but that but that first night we went out to dinner, we partied with like the locals in Moscow. And they, like, all, they drink a lot of vodka. That's sure. a real thing. And uh, we just, I mean, blackout. And then the next morning, it's like... Back to the basement. So, yeah, back to the basement the next morning. We Jim and I... So it started at 10 the next morning also. Jim and I showed up at 1 p.m. We were the first ones there oh, of all the brands. And then the guy who, uh, who coordinated the whole thing showed up like an hour later threw up in a shopping bag. Oh my God. And said, I got to go for a walk. Yeah, you do. And he went to the Kremlin. Are you sure you didn't dream this? I swear. It was (laughs) like, it was the strangest trip. And then it was like three days and we went back to Chicago. Anyway, sorry for hijacking that. It's okay. I'll allow it. I was like, uh, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so outside of markets, where you guys, I assume, start wholesaling around the same time. What's the strategy like there? No, not no? really. <laughs> <laughs> You're just selling di- selling direct the whole time? Sold direct for quite a few years. Uh, so we did a lot of markets. We sold on our website. And again, like this was a, it was a small business. It was a small operation. Still exploding at the seams like for us, though, because we're producing out of like John's corner of his apartment with his like five roommates. Uh, so it was big for the time, but still semi-manageable like in the first year how many units are you moving oh gosh i mean probably like a thousand that's a lot it is a lot yeah Yeah. a thousand yeah a thousand wow that's crazy yeah (laughs) when you think of it in in an apartment with uh five boys not bros five boys not bros not bros bros. nice finance boys nice finance boys they all do work in nice finance i know that you don't have to tell me i know So yeah, we did that for a few years, and then um, a really cool program launched. The uh, yeah, I guess three years in, called Fair, um, which we've been really lucky to use. So it's basically like a Etsy for wholesalers. Um, so it's a big marketplace where you can offer your products to boutique stores, retailers, all of that fun stuff. That's very cool. So it's like a, I assume it's an online interface, and, and buyers from boutiques can go exactly. on, and that's re- that's a great idea. It is. It's and called it, Fair. It's called Fair. F A I R E. Hmm. So back in the day, right, you'd have to get sales reps or kind of go knocking on doors to peddle your product. But we were able to do a very digitalized version of that. And it was very, we were kind of up and coming at the same time, yeah. um, which worked out really nicely. Because now, I mean, there are, are hundreds of thousands of brands on FAIR, but we were able to get on when there were hundreds. Um, Pays to be an early adopter. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So like you'd have boutique stores from all over the world reaching out to you to carry your product. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't that. <laughs> it was like in theory. Knocking on doors, but uh, yes. But theory. enough accounts where you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. So we really started kind of getting some momentum there. And that's when John and I sat down and had the conversation of, I don't think both of us can continue to do full-time mm-hmm. day jobs and the business. And I had been at a point where I was just getting itchy at my job. And I knew it wasn't something that I wanted to do, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, I was always 
also kind of itching to get into hospitality. I really just wanted to bartend. I was like, I just want to bartend and work on my business. Um, so I actually left Olson, um, went for a year and worked at Beguile Brewing, which was like my favorite year of working. And cool. it was 2019, so right before. I worked all the way up until March of 2020. And then uh, we signed our lease at ICNC. So that's when we got a little warehouse, um, was working at Beguile. And the, the timing was kind of perfect for the pandemic, I would imagine. It was weird. Time. Yeah, it was it was a big couple of years of growth because people were just sitting at home and uh, wanting Drinking. to drink good cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it was, yeah, it was a slow burn. And then Johnny joined me full time uh, July of 2020. Cool. Beguile is where Mike Shalau does his beer too, right? I'm not sure. I don't know. thought so. Let's say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm declaring it. Yeah. I, I'm, pretty, I'm fairly certain that's if where it's I went. not, it is that's, now. That's where we yeah. make the joiner's beer. Yeah. I'm pretty well, sure you went. Oh, really? Go. You have a joiner's yeah. beer? Oh, you haven't heard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not out yet. Yeah. It's our marketing uh, arm hasn't really tackled yeah. that cool. yet. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. We, we worked with Mike Shalal from Iswas Brewing. Oh, well, it. then yes. Beguile. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because they yeah, sell so. Iswas there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're waiting on another label. It's, uh, no, we're not. It's, uh, I think it's redesigned. I just oh, haven't seen it yet. Oh, right. It's, uh, but the beer is almost right. It's carbonating right now. Oh, you guys, it's so exciting. Nice. Yeah. I would try it. Yeah, we'll get you some. Uh, maybe it'll be at Scofflaw. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how it is, man. Who do I have to talk to about that? <laughs> not, definitely not the owner of Scofflaw. Can I talk to Chris about no. that or Andy and Mandy? No. <laughs> Danny's, Danny's blushing uh, real hard. No, it's just like every beer we have is on tap. This will be on part. tap. All right. So they're yeah. selling kegs of it. Yeah. We have enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Done. do it. All right. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> what's, right, our, cool. what's the cod? So what were you doing? Uh, we'll figure that out offline. <laughs> yeah. This episode is brought to you by Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, a tasty, versatile spirit. Created in Chicago in 2012, the product was born out of a need for a bespoke iteration of the Old Tom style, which is the slightly sweeter predecessor to London Dry. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin carries classic notes of orange peel, juniper, and coriander while balancing on a subtle floral edge thanks to the addition of osmanthus blossoms. Its elevated proof is suitable in cocktails or unadorned. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin. Complete your bar. So what were you doing at Beguile? What was the uh, what were your tasks? Behind the bar, baby. Just pouring beers. Okay. Um, I would work the day shift, which I loved because I had the flexibility with aged and infused. Um, so I would just hang out with the regulars during the day and change kegs and clean, like very, you know, like cleaning the bar and pouring beers. It was just the best job and I T- loved it. Tips for changing kegs so you don't get splashed in the face like oh, oh I, I never mastered it. No, okay. are you kidding? I was yeah. getting sprayed in the face all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing nothing uh, screeches the uh, needle off the Think faster than you go. Hey, uh, keg staff, and you go to a new one. You splash yourself in the face, and people are like, "What's wrong with yeah, you?" Yeah, I never quite mastered it. Yeah, so easy. Here's a question for you. Sure. Um, <laughs> you were interested in cocktails. Yes. And the kits are centered around cocktails. Yes. And you wanted to go bartend while you were pursuing this yes. full time. Is there any reason you didn't want to bartend at a cocktail place and learn cocktail stuff more? I mostly because I I know and love the owner of Beguile, and I was really looking for Got a it. for a quick kind of part time gig. So I had actually helped out with events at Beguile the year prior, just kind of on the weekends and stuff. So I was already kind of tight with their team. Um, yeah, so that's. And yeah. then was for cocktails, were you just like? 
kind of seeing stuff online, making it at home, that yeah. kind of thing? Or did you have favorite bars that you were going to at the time and kind of like picking bartenders' brains about like what makes a balanced cocktail or like what are mistakes that home bartenders are making? That sounds a lot um, smarter than what we were doing. <laughs> 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 no, we were just trial and error. Yeah. Very self-taught. John has like a several pages long Excel sheet this is how his brain works where he's recorded every single cocktail that we've tried at home like with the aging process yes with the air start with the infusing mm-hmm. with different notes and we tweak it and so he has a log of like everything we've ever tried so it's it's been a several years long process of us yeah just learning but super inspired by amazing cocktails that we have out and about too and that's a lot of the inspiration that we draw into our infusion kits so for instance we were in um, Detroit several years ago with my brother who lives there and had just an excellent cocktail that had some cinnamon and pineapple and it was like a kind of a spicy cocktail so John and I were like we should try to deconstruct this and reconstruct it into a kit and so now that's one of our best-selling kits um, island time it's pineapple cinnamon and cayenne Um, Mm. so just inspired by the drinks that we're having out and about and then recreating them in, yeah. a, in a home format. Are That's there cool. certain ingredients that just don't infuse well? Yeah, meat. <laughs> <laughs> when, we were, when, we were, when we were first starting, we were like, you know what, we're definitely going to do a bacon infusion. It's going to be awesome. People are going to love it. We got some, oh God, it was so gross. We got some like bacon bits from the store and threw it in and it was just like a lardy mess. And of course, now we've learned that you can do the fat washing. But yeah, you just do the fat. I used to do that. I would take uh, whiskey and, you know, you put the fat in and then yeah. let it go to the top and you frig- refrigerate it or freeze, freeze it or something. You take yeah. that like <clears throat> puck of fat out. Skim it off. Yeah. And it yeah. gives a nice, uh, it gives a nice texture and you get that smoky flavor. We've been wanting to do one. I've been wanting to do a brown butter fat washed mm. bourbon i, I have like not that done it. Too. i can't report back i haven't done it yet but yeah that and then you just have to be really delicate with spicy so like chili peppers we've gone over the top so it's just like figuring out the right measurement to go into infusions but other than that i mean we haven't met a fruit that hasn't infused nicely um we've been trying to get more into the savory side so we're working on a bloody mary infusion right now with nice horseradish that's and, cool and um that's gonna be fun I love a uh, I love a savory cocktail. That is my drink of choice. Okay, so then where does brick and mortar come into the equation? So brick and mortar has been something you know when John and I have talked about where do we see ourselves in you know five or ten years, which we talk about quite often. Um, John's end goal is always growing our core business and agent infuse. I've always wanted to take it back down to kind of the local level and have, it was just kind of a missing piece with our business of having a space to welcome people into. Um, so that was always kind of my far away end game. I wasn't really picturing how it would fit into our existing business and our manufacturing and all that fun stuff. And then an opportunity kind of came to us several months ago. Um, So we're really tight with the Westtown Chamber of Commerce. We love them so much. And we were at a little mixer and they were telling us about this really cool program that they do over on Chicago where um, it's called the Westtown Pop-Up Project. So attached to the Chamber of Commerce is a 500 square foot storefront um, that they lease out to small business owners. 500 square feet? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's (laughs) tiny. I thought I I was thinking like 500,000. No, no. 500. Okay. So very, yeah. Very small. Normal size. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So it's attached to the chamber. They lease it out to small business owners who are looking to test their concepts um, for short periods of time at a really affordable rent. I actually think starting this year, the rent is free, which is pretty incredible. 
Um, so the tenant who was supposed to be in there in November and December of last year dropped out last minute. So they were like, hey, I, you know, you and John have kind of talked about this. Would you be interested in giving it a go? And this was probably mid-October. So we'd have to pull it together in like Damn. three weeks. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's just try it. Uh, and it was the best decision we've ever made. We had, so we called it the happy hour shop. And it was very inspired by our core product. But our big thing with the shop is we get like a little extra with our home bar. You know, we have, we've been collecting vintage glassware forever. We have all the little tools and gadgets and just things that make happy hour really extra special. So we wanted to bring all of those things in addition to our kits into this space so that people just can create really beautiful, special moments at home um, over happy hour. So we did a lot of vintage sourcing, but then we also just gathered all of our favorite tools and locally sourced ingredients and just beautiful pieces for your home and put them in the shop. Um, and we just got such a great response from the community. Uh, people were so welcoming to us. I get so energized by just having that FaceTime with people and just talking shop and hearing what cocktails they're making at home. And uh, it was just awesome. It filled my cup, made me realize that that's what I want to do. In addition to running our business, of course, it's just a really beautiful natural extension of what we're doing. So pretty immediately after we got into the pop-up, John and I um, started looking at permanent spaces. We also just fell in love with West Town. It's such a great neighborhood. Rub it in. <laughs> now that you know we're moving. <laughs> it, it is a great place to work. Uh, it's just amazing. So there was a, a really cool storefront that was one block farther west, closer to Damon, which worked out in our favor, um, that was available that we signed a lease on at the beginning of this year and we're in the process of building her out as we speak. So, That's awesome. So really taking <clears throat> taking a brand that exists, I mean, you have manufacturing, that's a physical yes. entity, but having a brand that exists mostly online mm -hmm. and then having that take over a physical space, how do you approach like interior design and, and how, I guess, how do you make that cohesive with the brand? What's your strategy there? It's a great question. It's very inspired by our own space. So much of what John and I do is just a reflection of what we like to enjoy ourselves. Um, Authentic. Yeah, yeah. So when people walk into the space, we just want them to feel warmth and at home and um, just met with, yeah, kindness and a smile and the beautiful pieces that, that we love to use. So it's, it's a very personal space. Um, we're also really inspired by this particular space because it's a building that we just found out it was built in 1889 over on Chicago Avenue. And when we first looked at the space to consider it, we weren't totally vibing it. I just, I wasn't feeling connected to the space. Uh, but the more that we talked about it, we we're like, you know what, the location is, is second to none. It's great. I think we should really do it. And these past several weeks when we've been in the space, really starting to un peel the layers we found just the coolest things in that space so some contractor many many moons ago had covered beautiful original wood flooring with vinyls they had these kind of three-quarter walls up that we were like there's something behind there so we tore a wall down and there's just like this beautiful cove that's original to the building so we're chipping away to find the real kind of character and, and story of the space and we're just falling in love with it that's cool so the space is 1919 west chicago 1919 west chicago and you guys are opening March 7th, we're aiming for, so first week of March. March 7th. Yeah, and we're It's right around the corner. It really is. This will air, I think, right before that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in big uh, demo girl mode. We're trying to do a lot of DIY right now, which has proven interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of DIY, you guys do a ton of social media stuff. Yeah. A lot of videos. 
what's the strategy there? Ooh, that one's changed so much over time. John and I were just talking about this, actually. Um, we've had, we've just been having a lot more fun on social. I think in years past, we uh, tried the route of, you know, hiring people and having them help us create the start. But people just want to hear. It's, it goes back to the authenticity side. Um, we're just trying to throw the phone up when we're doing fun things and show people kind of who we are, who we are as a brand, because the brand is us and we are the brand. Um, and just, yeah, just having fun with it. So if yeah. we're at home making a cocktail, I'll just film John making the cocktail. And um, if we are at the warehouse on the production line, I'll just throw my phone on the tripod. I think people just like to connect with a brand and see what goes into it. We're not just a product, we're people. Yeah, I would imagine, this. I mean, you guys have a nice following. I would imagine that's not just people who are very into the product, but also people who are interested in entrepreneurship. Yes. Interested in maybe a husband-wife dynamic yeah. working together I and kind so. of following along. It's like uh, it's kind of like reality TV. <laughs> I wish I love reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bravo. <laughs> oh, are you a Bravo person? You betcha. I was a big. Uh, I really liked the Osbournes, which I think was like was that the original? <laughs> throwback. Yeah. It was just an old school one. Yeah, totally. I loved that. I really felt like I was part of the family. I'm glad to hear it. they did a good job then. They did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then one video, I, I checked it this morning. It's got 13 million views. <laughs> have, uh, do you want, can you talk us through that I, one? I sure can. Yeah. So we, <laughs> are you tired of talking about I'm it? I'm not. No, no, no. Okay. It brings me joy. Just like this cat. Um, so John and I have a three-legged cat and his name's Mr. Biscuits and he's really sweet. And our coworker Liz found him like wandering around her backyard. Uh, yeah, he's really cute. So John and I, <laughs> for the past several months, cats don't drink enough water. So they have little kidney problems because they're not drinking enough water. So we are having, like, enjoying our martinis most nights. And John was like, dude, we should make a cocktail for the cat because we just so happen to have a teeny tiny shaker that's part of another product that we carry, the traveling bar cart. So we have a teeny tiny shaker, and we had thrifted, like, this teeny tiny martini glass that we just so happened to have. So John went and filled a shaker with ice and some water and this like ugh, disgusting like salmon paste and shook it up and poured it into the little um, glass and I like threw my phone up and I recorded it. I'm like, this is funny. So I put it on Instagram and the people lost their damn minds. And so our freaking <laughs> cat, their cat is like more successful than um, us now. How many, <laughs> how many followers did you gain from this video? Probably like 6,000. And then we started missed. We started Mr. Biscuits on Instagram, and he has 10,000 followers. It took wow. us six years to get 10,000 followers for Asian Diffuse. And this cat, <laughs> 10,000 followers in six weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tim and I are uh, <laughs> at 6,000 followers in two years, I guess. Yeah. But a big chunk of that came with Kevin Bames' video. Like, his reel that went, was a beautiful story. Yeah, I went that. pretty viral. Yeah. Or viral to us. You know, it's like totally. 300 and something thousand views. Yeah, that's amazing. Um it's just so funny how those like little <laughs> moments like move the needle. Totally. Um, and it does. It's been really sweet. You know, we roll our eyes and laugh um, because my inbox is blown up with cat people being like, my cat looks like your cat. Do you want videos and pictures? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> just trying to run this account for Asian Infused. Yeah. But it's been really beautiful having people be like, I came for the cat, staying for the cocktails. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's do nice. you remember a couple of those inflection points along the way that brought Agent Infused to the point that it's at now? Like what's, what do you mean specifically? Like in terms of, you know, growing the company, big moments. Yes. Oh, things that move the needle? Yeah. 
I'd say a big one for us. Um, we have a really beautiful relationship with um, Uncommon Goods. Yeah. It's a really cool gifting company. Mm-hmm. And they're really who gave us our big break. So we met their buyer, Kiki, who we've worked with her for years. She just left the company. Mm-hmm. But we met Kiki at um, Renegade. So she came by our booth when we were just a couple years into business. And she really liked our product, took a chance on us. And um, they placed their first larger PO with us when I was still working at Beguile and we were still operating out of our apartment and it was something that we had to ship out on a pallet and we were like oh my god what are we gonna do so cool so we uh, asked Kevin who owns Beguile we're like can we borrow like a corner of your warehouse and of course Kevin was like yes so they I I just love Beguile so much so um, they helped us out in that moment and so we've just grown with Uncommon Goods. They're uh, one of our largest partners so that was a big big break for us how many are on a pallet Oh, that's a good question. Probably like 750, 800, something like that. Yeah. So one fell swoop. One fell swoop. Yeah, it was one, it was one pallet that was going out the door and, uh, love that. Yeah. So that was a a fun point for us. Uh, and then I would say too, just growing with our team kind of, yeah, you have multiple employees at this point. Our team's awesome. So, um, our first employee, Liz, she's coming up on her four-year anniversary. So she was, uh, we met her through Beguile. So she was a friend of someone who worked there. Um, so she was our first employee when John wasn't even full-time. So she kind of started there. And then she was like, hey, my friend Sarah is looking for a job. And we were like, we need help. And so Sarah joined us. And then um, we have our teammate, Victor, who works on our production team. And Tiana's on our production team, too. So Sarah and Liz are with us full-time, helping with uh, very production-heavy um, so leading all of that, customer service, and then we have our small production team too. Um, because t- 2020 was just a year of very unsustainable growth for us. Things just kind of exploded overnight because people suddenly had a lot of extra income because they weren't going out. Um, people had these stimulus checks sitting in their bank accounts. People were just hot to trot on supporting small business, which was incredible. Um, we just weren't prepared for it Mm -hmm. um so it was a really beautiful year of growth but it broke us it was it was a tough one um so kind of a perfect uh (laughs) atmosphere for your type of business yeah 100 percent. yeah it was and uncommon goods business was booming at that time because people were looking for diy things to do at Mm -hmm. home so they were placing po's that we couldn't fulfill and our customers were being incredible and um it just really kind of pushed us to a breaking point. But it was one of those moments where the, the moments that are hardest for us are the ones where we learn the lessons and are able to make the adjustments. So heading into 2021, we were able to staff up a little bit more. Um, but that was an interesting year too. It was another really great year of growth that looking back on it was a very artificial couple of years of growth because um, people's spending patterns were so much different. Yeah, so you can't recreate that. Totally. Well, you could if in a lab with in a lab viruses and <laughs> oh god uh tim should hang out with those people from uh may in memphis or whatever <laughs> memphis in may yeah <laughs> yeah totally. seems like he has a lot in common with them yeah a lot ton of common with them yeah <laughs> um you were on television recently yeah we were cat let's yeah so the cat video r- went so viral that it caught the attention of kelly clarkson's people it did. how does that come about is that a dm <laughs> they slide into your dms yeah, they slid into the dms and what happened 
They slid into the DMs, and I just ran up. John was upstairs, and I was like, you have to be kidding me. This cat's, like, on its back, just, like, hanging out. Um, so, yeah, they, they do a sweet little segment at the end of her show where they like, this is what I'm liking, uh, what they've found on social media. So they asked if we wanted to do a little video, and we did, and it was great. It was the weirdest week of my life, but we just had so much fun Any anxiety? Or were you just excited? No, we were you just pumped. You weren't nervous? Yeah. No, it was just fun. It was so silly. And we were, it's like we weren't there in person or anything. It was yeah. just a video. Zoom situation. Yeah, it was very sweet. But great exposure. She's got a huge, huge following. And compensation, pretty sweet. Yeah, we got a thousand bucks. Yeah. Oh, really? That. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, from, from a pen company <laughs> so we're exclusively using those pens uh i don't remember the name of it but I'll <laughs> we'll uh yeah we'll superimpose it into the episode thank you thank you <laughs> yeah it's on the contract yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um all right so i know we we talked about what's next with opening the new shop um what's next product wise do you guys have things mm. coming down the pipe that you want to tease? We do, yeah. So we do have another product that I'm so, so proud of um, that we launched about two years ago. And it's a piece inspired by something my grandparents used to tote around in the 60s. Um, when my my papa passed away a couple of years ago, my nana had passed away prior to that, our family was sitting around reminiscing. And uh, my mom or one of her siblings was like, yeah, remember how dad used to, you know, bring like a like a suitcase for cocktails to parties? And John and I were like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You not brought this yeah. up for us? That's insane. <laughs> and so, like, I'm following in his footsteps <laughs> right now. And so, yeah, sure enough, he had a little travel case that they used to manufacture um, back in the 50s and 60s um, that you could bring to parties if you didn't trust people to make your cocktails, which is just like the coolest thing on earth. And so there's room for, I think, three bottles. Uh, you know, you've got your little glasses and stirring spoon and openers. And we're like, this is amazing. So my papa would drink beef eater martinis. So he would have uh, his beef eater and a bottle of dry vermouth. And then my nana would drink dry Manhattan. So she would do the dry vermouth in the Canadian club. And they would just come to a party and like bust open the suitcase. <laughs> I'm like, come so on, it's so cool. <laughs> So John and I were like, we have to, come on, we have to make this. So we worked with our manufacturers for over a year to make our traveling bar cart. And so it's just an homage to my grandparents. That's and cool. ours has space for two bottles. It's got the cups, little jiggers, like the smallest shaker. That's now like the Mr. Biscuits cap shaker. Um, <laughs> he holds the patent. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> a little deck of playing cards and then a stirring spoon. So we're, we're just so proud of that. Oh, the inclusion of playing cards is cool. Isn't that sweet? I like that. Are they custom cards? They are, are yeah. Oh, our nice. designer, Andy, um, made them. They're very, awesome. very sweet. That's like the ideal, like, Ravinia picnic totally. basket. Totally, yes. You yes. gotta get those, do those private label we for did them. A, we did oh, that's a great idea. We did a little Ravinia picnic and little photo shoot last summer. It was fun. I love it. But that's really what we're inspired by when it comes to products is we do lots of antiquing and thrifting and have a lot of great vintage barware in our home and they just don't make it like that anymore. And so uh, we're, we're just inspired by bringing back pieces that are just so thoughtful for yeah, the, the craftsmanship yeah i mean all the like the wood handles and the brass and we love the little drink carriers we have lots of those at home and um just things that you're going to keep in your home forever mm -hmm. uh so we're working on some stuff right now and then oh my god we're making a kitty cat cocktail kit because of our <laughs> freaking cat um because people have been asking where to get the little glass and the shaker so uh Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> and could that be used for dogs as well? Uh, sure. I don't really know what to put in the cat. I'm more of a, a cat kid, but why not? <laughs> the 
This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. Shall we hit you with the gratuity round? I'd say so. All right. I assume you've uh, done your research and you've got uh, a notepad full of answers <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. Perfect. All right, Jess, what's your death row meal? Um, I would say steak and a dirty gin martini. Mm. But the dirty gin martini that John makes because it's the best one. What makes his dirty gin martini yeah, <laughs> uniquely his? He kind of... <laughs> he... Um, kind of checks in with me every few months with his spreadsheet. So as he would say, like, my recipes changed over the years. Yeah. He's like, what do you think? Uh, so he, I asked him about this a couple of days ago. My current recipe is two ounces of gin, just less than a quarter ounce of dry vermouth, and a third of an ounce of olive brine. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he serves it to me on a little cocktail table. It's very cute. Nice. <laughs> no salmon paste? No. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> All right, where is this steak from? Oh do you have a favorite gosh. steak joint? Mm, honestly, it would be the steak that we make at home. We yeah, John's steak. <laughs> no, John's John, steak. John doesn't cook. Yeah. John's, John's our bartender, and okay, I would say I'm it. the chef. So you're yeah. the steak man. Yeah, I'm the steak man. We make a really sweet filet. It's just a recipe from the New York Times app that we love. And it's the one where you're supposed to, you make the little sauce, and you're supposed to light it on fire, which we've done once before in our very small, like, child-sized Chicago kitchen. Yeah, and then and smoke it, like, flamed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It flamed up onto our cabinets. It was, but it was a great steak. So I know the problem with doing like steak at home, or even like we've talked about fried chicken and stuff. It's just like, oh yeah, there's just not significant. There's not sufficient ventilation. No, and like, so it's like I'm like opening windows stuff. in the winter, like opening <laughs> doors. And then you're like, is this worth it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's like worth it once in a while, but it is like just it's a whole thing. It can get yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, so maybe if we could borrow someone else's kitchen. Yeah, and make yeah. the steak. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite hidden gem restaurant? I'm curious if you tried this one. Okay, so, I am too. What do you got? <laughs> uh, it's a real like work and bands. It's our like factory meal. Um, Tommy's Grill. Over I know Tommy's on, on Damon. Yeah. I've actually never been. I've, you, I, really, I, you know, I drive by it 10 times exactly, a day. Exactly. Yeah, we drive by it every day on our way to work. And they've rebranded to Uncle Ben's Grill, which uh, is not quite as good. But I think what do Tommy you get there? Oh, I get there. Uh, it's a great breakfast joint. So it's a, like a chorizo and pepper, like very cheesy breakfast skillet. Mm. And their pancakes mm, are very good, that too. That sounds great. They're great, yeah. So pick it up. Great hangover food. So it's called Uncle Ben now? <laughs> is that what no. you said? Yeah. So it was Tommy's. It was Tommy's. Tommy retired. Oh, in my mind, the sign still says Tommy's. No, it's the, it's like the exact same design. Uncle Ben. Not but related to the rice. I don't believe so. That would be insane. It's a different Uncle Ben. Is it someone's Uncle Ben? I think it's like maybe Tommy's Uncle Ben. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Tommy and Ben are in cahoots. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's a hard-hitting one. What's your favorite fast food? Um... I'm trying to think. Really, the only time we do fast food is when we're driving to see my family in Michigan. We usually get like a Wendy's four for four. Mm. Michigan, you're driving south to Michigan, not north to Michigan. Yeah, you drive UP. No, no, no. My family's from outside of Detroit. Okay. So we drive over there and yeah, we crush that four for four. Mm. Yeah, four some spicy four. chicken nugs. Yeah. yeah. Excellent choice. Um, what's your least favorite food? I'm not a big seafood girl. Ooh. Like a really, a really fishy seafood. I like shellfish. 
Mm. Okay. Um, so you'll do like a seafood tower, yeah, like sure. cold seafood. Yeah, but I not like a like a whole fish. Okay. Not really cool with sushi. Yeah, sure. I'll do sushi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is the most out of the box? It doesn't have to be a successful one, but most out of the box recipe you've done for Asian infused? Like an infusion recipe? Yeah. I was, How weird have you gotten with it? We've been working really hard on this Bloody Mary infusion for a long time. So we've been packing lots of veggies into infusion kits, and a lot of them have been not great. So we've tried uh, infusing with dehydrated celery, which mm. a lot of things that you leach a ton of water out of were not doing great with. So we've tried cucumbers, celery, and then like the meat, the meat ones are the, the bacon ones or yeah. the, little, you know, <laughs> not. Yeah. Did you work with different, I meant to ask this before, but have you found a bunch of different suppliers, like the best dried dehydrated pineapples coming from here, the best, you know, spices are coming from this different one. Like yeah. how did you land on kind of the, the best of. So we work pretty primarily, primarily with a really great um, company. It's a farm out in California. It's a family farm called Bella Viva Orchards. We've been working with them from the beginning and they do a lot of the harvesting and bulk dehydrating for us. So okay. they're fantastic. Spices and the fruits? No, mostly the fruits. Um, and then we work with uh, a really great women-owned company called Blue Henry who specialize in fruit dehydrating as well. So they do a lot of the more fun, I would say, custom ingredients for us. So for instance, in one of our infusion kits, we use an Angostura bitters soaked orange. And so they do that whole process for us. So they're awesome. We love working with them too. But it's those are kind of our two heavy hitters for that. All right, cool. When you're doing recipe creation, I assume you guys are dehydrating things yourselves. So, totally. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we have our little commercial kitchen space where we do a lot of R&D and, and testing things out. Yeah. Cool. Um, favorite cocktail. Oh, John. let's go. Let's go. Favorite. Okay, we're going gin martini. Yeah, the dirty well, gin say, martini. Johnny's dirty gin martini. Yeah. Um, but then I also love. We do revolvers a lot at home. So wait, uh, let's test Danny. What's a revolver, Danny? I have no idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, we do ours with a couple ounces of bourbon and then um, the coffee liqueur from Ryan Hall because they're nice. in our building. And we Neighbors, love them. yeah, yeah. yeah and Johnny. then couple couple dashes of bitters. So and like a flamed orange peel if we're feeling fancy. So it's. Whiskey, coffee Whiskey, liqueur, bitters, coffee liqueur and bitters. a flamed peel. Mm-hmm. Cool. Got it. We love that drink. All right. And here's our Instagram question from the gallery. If you could bring anyone to come work on your team, who would it be? That's from Van1G on oh Instagram. <laughs> That's a crazy question. I mean, the low-hanging fruit is Danny Shapiro. Danny. <laughs> no, it's Danny. Danny. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I have no idea. Um, maybe my siblings. I've uh, I've always wanted to work with them, and they're the biggest supporters of our company. And I think it would be really sweet to make this a family business. That's so. cool. What do they do now? Uh, one of them works in uh, tech consulting, and the other one works in tech. <laughs> but not tech bros, tech boys. No, 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 tech, tech boys. boys. Tech yeah. boys. Yeah, so Jake's <laughs> actually coming here tomorrow to help us like lay tile at the store. Um, so John and I talk about that a lot with the future of our company and wanting it to be a family business and something that, uh, even with the store, having some of our friends help out there. And so I live far from my family now, so it would be really cool to have them in the mix. Oh, everyone's still in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how you call that far. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Four and a half hours? Yeah. Yeah. Four and a half on the dot. Yeah. Four and a half. Four and a half hours. I've done that drive many times. It's the most boring drive on earth. Yeah. It is a pretty bad drive. (laughs) Good, good chance to get caught up on joiners, though. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
favorite band or musician? Now here, oh. actually, this is, maybe it's a hidden talent. You're a singer. I do love to sing. I'm, I'm not going to make you sing. Thank you. Yeah. Danny, <laughs> we, had, <laughs> we had Christine Sikowski on from Honey Butter Fried Chicken. And Danny's like, yeah, uh, maybe she wants to sing on the podcast. Maybe she'd love like, to sing. Definitely not. And then we asked her and she's like, hell no. No, I'm not singing. <laughs> it's a silent room. <laughs> yeah. I do love to sing. Yeah, I started an acapella group uh, in college called Interchorus. And <laughs> That's awesome. And, um, so good. They're still around today at DePaul University. Check them out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I was in show choir in high school. And... Uh, we went karaokeing together when we were in New York. That's right. So yeah. guy gave me a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, like as a tip because you were yeah. so good. That's right. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, she has the voice of an angel. We won't oh, make her sing, it. but she's thanks phenomenal. It. I mean, all the listeners want to hear it now. <laughs> maybe she'll send us a record. Maybe we'll maybe, maybe we'll get a a, we'll get a recording <laughs> from Interchorus for your outro. That's right. I can send you my senior solo. I would all love right, that. Love that. Okay. okay. Great. That'll be with throwbacks. So favorite band or musician? Oh, gosh. Okay. So um, other than yourself. And then favorite, <laughs> favorite singer to, to me, cover. Me, me. Let's do a two-part question. That's a great question. So I I love listening to just like a strong female lead. I love female vocalists. I love a three-part harmony. Um, so there's a group that I, I just love. They're called the Staves. And it's three sisters. They're based in the UK. And they just have the most beautiful like Sunday morning music. Um, I'm going to see them next month. I'm very excited. So they're so lovely. The staves. The staves. They're great. Um, and then I love just old vocal jazz too. So I love, you know, the Billie Holidays and mm. Ella Fitzgerald so and good. Etta James. And uh, it's my favorite thing to listen to. And John and I, we listen to the NPR jazz station in Chicago, WDCB, mm-hmm. all the time. And they just play the best music for that. It reminds me of my Nana and Papa too. Because they, when yeah. we would go over, they're so classy. And they would always have... You know that music kind of playing through their house. Ninety point nine. Ninety point nine. Yeah. Yes. They're the best. And these are the ones with the traveling cocktails. Yeah, they're the traveling bar cart. Mm -hmm. Now, what if we integrated some speakers into this V (laughs) two? I'll let you work on (laughs) Bluetooth. Um, Who's actually? This is another pop up question, but whose voice could you mimic perfectly? Or like, whose whose voice? What range are you like? That's I could I got that one. Etta James is my favorite to cover. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I can also, I, this is the John and I private joke. I can do a really good Louis Armstrong impression. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to hear that one. Yeah, maybe one day. Give me a couple of cocktails. And then, yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right. Favorite movie? Um, that Thing You Do. Ooh. I love that one. Anything with a little musical touch. Yeah. I yeah. really enjoy. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A young Tom Hanks. A young Tom Hanks. I liked that movie. Yeah. I got very sick of the song, though. Yeah, I, it's still in my head. My God. Good. Sing it <laughs> it's Danny. a great tune. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> it's very catchy. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. And then our last question. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Oh, God. You going back to Olsen? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that's such a good question. If I wasn't doing this... I think I'd bartend. I would love to work at a proper cocktail bar. Um, or like, or I just lo- I love small business so much. I'm so obsessed with the Chicago small business community. Just like maybe work at the Chamber of Commerce. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> and just yeah. help help other businesses grow. Because yeah. man, Chicago is so special in that way. We have the most incredible small business community. And I'm just so inspired by everyone who's giving it a go. Because it's not a 
it's not an easy not an easy road <laughs> it's not but it's rewarding it is very yeah. very much so can be yeah <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah. all right well that's a wrap on jess thanks so much for joining us thanks today. guys yeah thanks for being here thank you thank you and that concludes our conversation with jess feller of aged and infused hey thanks for listening and remember check us out on social media danny what do you got yeah, you know, we got a new YouTube video. <laughs> Still <laughs> really pushing that. Off. <laughs> we should uh, introduce an in memoriam segment just for our YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> it does start black Dead and white. Dead on arrival. Yeah, it does start black and white. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, you know what? I think we're going to work on bringing some taste tests back with Liz. Yeah, we are. And that will hit YouTube. Yeah. Um, um, Liz already has an idea for one, and I'm trying to remember yeah, what it is. Yeah, if you all have ideas out there, feel free to let us know. Yeah. And if and you are unfamiliar with the taste test format we generally try a few of one item so like if we're trying breakfast sandwiches one would be from like a national chain or international chain and two of them would be local we try all no three. one's one's local i thought oh, or was one local? two are mass produced oh, one is local right, like artisan made <laughs> yeah, and we try to we, we like to blind taste test and we try to figure out which one <laughs> is the local is one. the local one which is like pretty easy we in the past i think yeah. i don't think we've missed well you've you've definitely missed but i've never missed <laughs> yeah, it's never <laughs> Well, as always, this episode was produced by Matt Haddock, music by Captain Cuts, and our real work is done by the one and only Joe Guzzo III. Thanks for listening and see you next week.